All right, you in Mark chapter 6? Mark six forty-five. This is what the Bible says. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida, where he spent, where he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, do not be afraid or don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Come on, that's a good word. We can stop right there. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. You know, I was just thinking today about, you know, what to minister on tonight and, and what a, a, a storm brewing in the Gulf. You know, I begin to think about that it would be appropriate both of a, a literal and then the figurative storms that we go through in life to, to read this passage of scriptures. Because the truth is we all go through storms, right? I just prayed for about four or five families right there. Heather with both her health issues and then, uh, you know, now a mental and emotional struggle. You can about imagine what it is. And, and I'm going to talk about her a little bit later. And then, you know, all these families, three or four families just recently had loved ones that have, that have passed away, whether it be death, maybe divorce, maybe Maybe you've gone through or gone through abuse, rejection, sickness, some kind of serious sickness, maybe a financial, you know, maybe it's the, the unrest, the political unrest in our landscape or just the division in our country. And in even the literal storm that happened, like the one that's happening or that could be potentially happening or is farming right now in the Gulf. How many of y'all the last today and yesterday you've been checking updates about this, this storm in the Gulf? Yeah, both of my hands are up. And, and part of that is because we were, we're, the plan was to leave Saturday afternoon to drive to New Orleans, 23 of us, and then fly out Sunday morning to go to Cuba. So you can about imagine those plans might change. We're believing that it ain't going to affect our whole trip because I'm believing as I just prayed in faith that something is going to happen. Wendy was here earlier and we were talking about it, but I'm believing that, you know, uh, Andre's here. There's a few, her, her daughter and, and Elijah and, and a couple of us in here, Ashley, I know uh, those of us that are going on the trip, we're believing. But as I'm thinking, I'm just like, okay, you know, there, there's a storm, a literal one in the Gulf, but there might be some figure, figurative ones in your life. A storm, you know, not that literal, but that's, uh, you know, not wind and waves and rain and lightning, but maybe it's, again, it's struggling with your faith, maybe. Maybe depression, maybe addiction, maybe anger. These storms cause us to be troubled in our emotions, our minds, our body, and our spirit. I like verse 30, uh, 48 because this shows in the storms of life, not just physical storms, this is what happens. He says in verse 48, he saw they were in serious trouble rowing hard and struggling against the wind. A lot of times when we go through storms of life, we struggle, right? We're struggling and we're, we're rowing hard. We're trying hard to get through these storms. I'm here to tell you tonight, what you need to know is that he's with you in the storm. He's, he's with you in the storm. He says, take courage. I am here. 
So this story is a manifestation of Jesus' glory to the disciples. It's also a rescue story and a story about the disciples' lack of understanding. The Lord wants to reveal his glory to us and rescue us as well. That's why we take those moments. That's why you might wonder if you're not too familiar, why, why do we, we call it kind of lingering, you know, after worship or in worship? Why did I take a moment? One, I just felt the, 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 the power and, and the manifestation of God in here to, to just get before God and, and, and just reverence his, his presence. But we take some time, as I just said, to, to, to linger so the Lord can reveal himself to us in a greater way. I find the longer I go, and even though I've been knowing the Lord for a while, that I need to have a, a clearer revelation of who God is. Not just revelation of his word or scripture, because I pray that as pastors we preach often, and, and I'm always praying, Lord, give me a fresh revelation of your word. Give me a fresh word that I can, you know, have for myself, my family, to minister to the church. But, but sometimes revelation, the most important revelation is him to reveal to us who he really is. And we'll see in a minute in this story, that was one of the greatest things that the disciple learned. So I want to try to clear up some things and maybe some misunderstandings about storms tonight. Number one. He knows exactly what storms are coming. Look at uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 45 in Mark. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted, now this is interesting, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida where he spent, where he sent the people home. So think about this. Jesus told them to go back into the boat and cross the lake. Do you think Jesus knew they would run into that storm? Of course he did, yeah. He's all-knowing, right? He, he knew exactly. He knew there was a, a storm going to be a brewing in that sea, right? He knew they would run into the storm, obviously, because he knows everything. Just because we're caught off guard by storms, we must remember that Jesus never is. He's never caught off guard by a storm like this, this storm, in, 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 again, in the Gulf. I was up here just Sunday talking about how we're going to serve in Cuba and whatnot. And I knew there was some kind of low pressure and whatnot, but it's just like, oh, yeah, no big deal. It was way up still on land. And now here we are facing a, a potential Cat 1 hurricane, you know, that, that could be developing the Gulf, which can throw everything off for not only us, but I'm sure, again, for you, you know, your house, if you're in a low-lying area, right? You know, where it's just like, man, even though we know this is, we're in hurricane season, we're in South Louisiana, the Gulf Swarm, all this stuff, we still get thrown off even by the, by the physical storms, right? I don't know about y'all. Are you, are, are you ever like, oh yeah, cool. I was preparing myself for another hurricane this week. Are you ever like that? I'm always like, man, did you see that storm in the Gulf, right? We're always like, you know, but, but we're like that similarly in a similar way when it comes to, right, to, to spiritual, emotional, or physical storms in our life. I take comfort in knowing I get caught off guard and thrown off by a lot of different things, but the, the Lord never does. I've said this before, the Lord's never like, oh man, I didn't see this coming. What am I going to do here, right? That's how we are. That's how I've been the next last two days. I was talking to a couple of people, hey, we're going to make some hard decisions tomorrow. Be on the phone with the airline, see what's going on for this weekend. You know, I, I'm praying like, Lord, lead us, you know, direct us. You're our shepherd. Lead us, you know, in, into what we need to do to be safe and, and hopefully salvage at least, you know, a, a majority of this, of this mission trip we want to go on. But the Lord's not cut off guard, right? So even right now, I, I take peace as I'm even saying that, like, you know what? I'm going to be able to go to bed tonight to say, okay, Lord, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. We wake up tomorrow and the decisions we got to make, but he does. And so we can, we can rest in that, you know? Our plans get thrown off, but his never, his never does. 
Listen, y'all, the, the, the good thing about the, the Lord and who he is is that he's not confined by time and space. We've got to remember he created time. So in actuality, when you stop and think about it, he's already in the storm in your life in the future. I know it's hard to think about that, but he's not confined by time and space, right? The Bible says he goes before us and that he's also our rear guard. So if that means he goes before us, what does that mean? He's already in tomorrow, right? He's already in next week. I know it's hard for us to wrap our brain around it, but that is the truth. God created time, so he's outside of time and space. So not only does he know that the storms are coming, if you stop and think about it, he's already in the storm that's coming before you. Or if you're in the midst of a storm right now, he was already in there preparing. We'll see even more of that. So listen to this. That's part of it. But the other part of it is for us, even though he's there, and this, this might sound like a contradiction, but number two, he comes to us in the storm. He comes to us in the storm. I love this part. Absolutely love this. Mark six forty eight. He saw that they were in serious trouble, right? When we get in trouble, we cry out to the Lord, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. Struggling. Those are the two words. In serious struggle and struggling. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. See, oftentimes, and we know we need to cry out to the Lord and go to the Lord, so to speak, in tough times. That is true. But we see, I believe, the Lord's heart right there because he went to them. I, 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 he went to them. The Bible says this, and I share this often at funerals. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He comes to us in the times. He was, he was walking to them. Three, I just thought about this. Probably part of a lot of us in here, why he comes to us at 3 o'clock in the morning, probably because we're not going to get out of bed and go to him, probably. That's just a side note. I mean, I know for me, people are like, man, the Lord woke me up last night and I got up and knew I had to go pray. I need to, I need to become more spiritual. Cause sometimes I'm tossing and turning. I'm like, man, why I can't go back to sleep? You know, I'm like, you know, other night I woke up at like 1.30 in the morning and I was so hungry. And I'm like, maybe I need to just go get something to eat and go lay back down. I'm like, no, but if I get up and then I'm going to wake myself up by eating, you know, I'm, I don't, look, I'm just confessing to you. Y'all, who, who's the prayer warriors that wake up at 1.30 and say, I need to go pray? Be honest. Is there, cause that's usually not me. Look, Cody. Cody has that. I'm like, you know, the Lord has to come to me at three in the morning because very often I'm going to him. But in this case, they wasn't. In this case, they were wide awake. They were in a storm right in the middle of, in the boat in the middle of the storm. And, and, and the Lord, we see the Lord comes to him. I love this because we see this. And, and the reason why I say it's the Lord's heart, we see the Lord's heart to come to us when we're struggling because he shows us this even in the gospel, in the story of the prodigal son. We see this where, 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 he, the Lord has a heart. And Jesus, remember, is telling this story as a parable of the father's heart of the story of the prodigal son. In Luke 15, 20, it, it, as he wraps up, you remember the son was far away and blew all his money and whatnot on, on drinking and women and all that kind of stuff. And the son finds himself wanting to eat pig slop because he's starving. He said, man, if I, if I could just go back and be a servant of my dad's house, at least I won't starve to death. So the son decides to go back uh, to his father. And I love this. Luke 15, 20. Remember, Jesus is telling this story. He said, so he returned home to his father. Look at this verse. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion. What did he do? He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Isn't that awesome, guys? When he was still a far way off. I love that. And to me, that that breaks... That breaks the religious mindset that when we go away from God, we got to get all our stuff back together before we can come to God. 
I believe when we, we understand and know that we're in a bad place and we just turn our hearts back to the Lord, that as we just begin that, the Lord's already running to us to embrace us. I love that. That, that, that. that shows the Father's heart. So that's the heart of the Lord. So when you're in a storm, the Lord's not thinking, hey, let me see if, if, if Michael can ride it out as long as he can. And then when he's about to break, then I'm going to come and rescue him. No, I don't, I don't believe that's the Lord's heart. What about you? I believe that the Lord meets us in the storm. Now we're going to see why. You know, you know, again, he was a long way off. His father ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. You know, what's cool about this is that one of the reasons I love it, because I didn't, I didn't say this earlier, there's many different reasons for storms in life. Some storms, like this one in the Gulf, we can't control, right? Be totally beyond our control. There's some mental, emotional, like Heather's story, beyond her control. She comes, she has cancer. She has, you know, she's, she's dealing with all this stuff. She's the storm of her life beyond her control. But the truth is sometimes we go through storms that may have been because of our own doing, because of our own choices, our own mishaps, our own mistakes. But even in that, what I love about the father running to him is that he was in this storm, so to speak, the prodigal son, because of his own doing. And the Lord still came and ran to him and embraced him. You know, and now part of it is, is he started it with repentance. He repented, which literally it means turn away from sin and going back to the Lord. So when the prodigal son realized, and when he got to his father, and his father ran to him and embraced him and hugged him and kissed him, and he said, Father, I've sinned before you and heaven. So he was repenting. He said, I turned away. I've sinned before you. He's apologizing to his dad and before heaven. I, I've sinned. I was wrong. He embraces him, and he comes and runs, and he meets him. Not only does he come to us, even if we was part of creating our own storm, but he comforts us. Again, one of my all-time favorite scriptures. I'm going to be using this again tomorrow evening, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, because this is the Father's heart. We're talking about God as our Father again. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. He comes and he comforts us. Jesus comforted the disciples in their storm. Look at Mark 6.50. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Jesus comforted them by encouraging them and reassuring them that he was right there with them. Remember, he came to them just as the prodigal son's dad ran to him. When he embraced them and hugged them and kissed them, you could about imagine the comfort that was in the son, right? How much comfort he must have felt and assurance and validation and, and affirmation from the Father. That's what Jesus was doing. He was trying to encourage them and comfort them. You know, not only will you be comforted, because, of course, we know the, 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 the opposite of being discouraged is what? Encouraged, right? He said, have courage. So he knew they were discouraged. They're afraid, so he encouraged them. You will also have courage so you can be used in the storm. Not only does the Lord want to, you know, come to you, help you, uh, reveal himself to you. But he wants to use you even in the storm. You know, we often say, man, we're going to turn this test into a testimony, right? Like when this is all over, I'm going to have a great testimony. That's not always the case. Sometimes when you're still in the midst of the storm and the winds of the waves are blowing around you, the Lord still wants to use you. And I asked Heather's permission just a few hours earlier because I was thinking about her whenever I was preparing this message. And that's why I text her husband to check on her. I text Nick to see. And so she was discouraged. So part of me encouraging her, I said, hey, Heather, I was actually planning on using you in my message tonight. 
would you be okay if I did so? And I, she smiled. She said, yeah, absolutely. You know, she was telling me, I went visit her a few times in the hospital when she was in the hospital the last couple of weeks. And one of the times she was telling me, and even when she was here, she sits right in front of the sound booth, her and her husband and her girls. And uh, how much, like, through this process, she's been able to witness to other people. When she was going through chemo and, 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 and doctor's appointments, she was praying for her doctors and her nurses. And it's in the midst of the crazy storm. You know, I know Richard was doing the same thing as I, as I see Ronette there shaking her head. You know, her brother just went through his second bout of, of cancer, right? And then there's, I mean, stem cell replacement and, and I mean, all this, this crazy stuff. The whole time he was such a testimony and so was Heather. Now, so that was even before she's telling me at church. Now, two weeks ago, she's in the hospital and one of the nurses came in and tend to her. And she's like, yeah, I've been, I've been telling this little nurse, you know, it was actually a guy. This guy had been working and she was, she's just like, she's really preaching to him, but she's like, listen, this, she said this guy had worked 41 days straight and he was married and had children and just, they, you know, they were actually going on vacation without him because he was working so much. And she said, you need to stop working so much. You got a son at home. You need to, you know, and she just said, Brent, and like she said, I've been, you know, she was getting overwhelmed with the presence of God. She said, I never felt these things and, and even thought to say these things. I, I'm like praying for these doctors and nurses and telling, and she's like starting to cry. She tells me, it's like, I'm not even thinking about it. She's thinking like, it's not like I'm even prayed up or anything. I'm laying here sick, hurting in the hospital bed. And I said, well, man, you know, the, the, the Lord is using you, Heather. I said, just like, you know, we're talking about the anointing, that illustration that, that, that oil comes from when you crush grapes. So when you go through a storm in a valley, you know, in a sense, we're being crushed. But sometimes that's where your greatest anointing is going to come from. And you don't have to wait till you get out the storm. Heather's been being a witness in the middle of the storm. She's been used, encouraged by God. Yes, she's in a low place. Prayerfully after today and we're praying for her, she's going to come back up, you know, and, and, and be encouraged through this. But listen, just like Heather being used in the midst of the deepest, darkest valley that she's been in, you can do the same thing. The Lord wants to encourage you. He wants to, to, to come meet you in the storm again so he can reveal himself to you, so he can comfort you, so he can help you. Also, so he can use you even in the midst of the storm. Amen? Number three, he stops the storm from within the storm. Again, this is speaking of he's, he's right there with us. The storm didn't stop when he was back on the bank, but when he was in the boat. Once Jesus, the Bible says, once Jesus got in the boat with them, that's when the storm stopped. Look at verse 51. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped and they were totally amazed. He climbed in the boat and the wind stopped. So how many of y'all are willing to take a boat out into the middle of the Gulf right now in that storm and ask Jesus to come in the middle? No takers? No volunteers? Yeah, me neither. I think we can still pray from here. But figuratively speaking, are you in the storm? And you are in a storm right now. Jesus wants to get in your boat. He don't want to, yes, amen. He don't want to just stop it from heaven. He wants to get in the boat with you to stop the storm. Not only does he meet us in the storm, but he wants to get in the boat with us again. I love that. He jumped in the boat with them, and this speaks of closeness. It, it, it always goes back to intimacy, guys. The Father's heart, again, he didn't forgive his son from a distance. What did he do? He ran to him and he embraced him, right? All through the Bible, you see the Father's heart. He wants to be close to us. He got in the boat with him. He drew close to him when the storm stopped. Listen, stop trying to get out of the storm and get close to Jesus in the storm. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Stop trying to get out of the storm and focus on getting close to Jesus in the storm. If you're in a storm right now, 
Instead of saying, Lord, make the winds and the waves stop. Now, I'm still praying that against the real storm that's in the Gulf, right? But if you're going through a storm in your personal life, instead of just switch your prayers from make it stop to, Lord, draw me closer to you like never before. Get in my boat. Lord, I'm asking you to, to be in this boat with me. For however long the winds and the waves last, Lord, as long as you're in my boat, it'll be okay. Get close to the Lord, as close as you can. I believe is this the Lord's greatest desire for us when we go through the storms in life. It's like a lady I heard, you've probably heard me say this before. It was a lady that tragically lost her daughter in a, in a car accident. And she kept asking Jesus why did this happen. And she said she never got her answer, but she got closer to Jesus than she ever had before. She was in the storm of her life. She kept asking why. She said, to this day, I never got the answer, but I've gotten closer to the Lord like never before. Increased intimacy in itself is enough. But here's what we can expect when we get close to him. First, we'll be encouraged to go through the storm instead of trying to get out of it. Look at that. Mark 6.50 again. But Jesus said to them at once, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I said this earlier. The opposite of being encouraged is being discouraged. So when we get discouraged for long periods of time, we can lose heart. Mark 6.51 and 52. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. Listen, they were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Talking about the loaves when he multiplied the loaves, the bread and the fish. Look at this. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Listen, we got to be careful when we go through the storms not to let our heart get hard. See, part of intimacy is as you get close to the Lord, he helps you to, to, to keep the right perspective and that your heart gets soft. There's a worship song that I like that says, I won't let the storm weather my heart. You know, right? The storms of life have a way of weathering us, right? Just like if you stay in the sun too long, it'll weather your skin. It makes it wrinkled and, all, you know, everything could be bad for you and all that. You know, the storms of life can weather your heart. But you see, if we're close to Jesus in the midst of it, it helps us to keep the right perspective. Our hearts will stay softened. And we'll focus on Jesus, not the wiring in it, not how long it will last. But Lord, let me get close to you during this time. And the second thing is what I've been talking about since worship time. We'll see the Lord for who he really is. The last thing Jesus said in Mark 50, I mean, Mark 650 is, I am here. Now, I know we said that earlier, just speaking of, speaking of um, him being with us and present, but it's more than that. He says, I am here. The Greek reads, I am, or the I am is here. Because Jesus walking on water and stilling the storm was miraculous, Mark's original readers would have understood the exclamation, I am, as a parallel to God's self-description in the Old Testament books of Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Isaiah. This is a reference to Jesus' deity. So when he jumped in the boat and he says, I am here, what he's saying is the I am is here. God is here in the boat with you. That's what the original Greek means. You remember whenever Jesus said, who do you, I am? Whenever Moses said, how can I go to God and tell these people, who do I say sent me? Tell them the I am sent me. It's the same phrase Jesus was using. He was declaring his deity when he said that. I am here. I am God. And God is here with you. So that's why we always pray. And I've been praying, Lord, reveal to me who you really are. If, if the disciples had any doubt, if Jesus was just a good man, a prophet, or what, when they saw Jesus trucking across that water, and he got in the boat, and then the, the winds and waves stopped, and he said, I am. They probably like, yes, sir, we believe now, right? We believe you are. You are God. You are one with the Lord. 
when we get close to Jesus in the midst of our storms, we will see him and experience him in all his glory. Amen. As I close, you've probably heard it said before, all of us are either in a storm, just coming out of a storm, are about to go into one. Have you heard that before? And you probably know that's true right now. You might be, man, Brandon, praise the Lord. I'm not in this storm right now. I'm good, you know? Or you might be in the thick one, or you might be like, man, I'm just coming out of one right now. And that's really the truth of life, right? Just like, again, physical storms. This storm in the Gulf is like, you know, usually you think, man, okay, late August, kind of September. To the, the, it's like here we are early July, and we got our first, you know, possibly named storm. I don't know. I didn't check the updates lately. It might already be, you know, named or whatnot. But, it, you know, that's that's part of life, right? That's part of living in the south where we live next to the Gulf, right? We're going to have hurricanes. We're going to have tropical depressions. We're going to have these things going on. Same thing in life. Either we're in a storm, we're coming out of one or going to it. If you're going through a storm right now and you are a child of God, remember that the Lord is with you. You're not alone. Stop trying to get out of it and get closer to him in it. Get closer to him in it. If you haven't, part of your storms of life, let me say it this way. Part of your storms in life is maybe because you never asked Jesus to come into your boat with you. You've never accepted the Lord's offer for him to be your Lord. Or you never accepted Jesus Christ's offer to be your Lord. Maybe you know him as Jesus. Maybe you know him as the Son of God. But maybe he's not the Lord of your life. I didn't say this earlier, but you know, today is my birthday. Did y'all know that? Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm 17 years old today. Why are y'all laughing? I'm serious. I'm 17. It's my second birthday today. It's my spiritual birthday. Yes, praise the Lord. Yeah, come on. Let's. So it's always, this has happened. This is the second or third time that this has happened. That 17 years ago on this day, July 10th, 2002, I was sitting right over there on the other side of that sound booth in a Wednesday night service just like this. And there was a man up here preaching. And he asked me, what do you, he asked us, sound like he was asking just me, what are you waiting for? Because the Lord had been drawing me, had been dealing with me, and I've been hearing the gospel. And I got out, out of that pool, right up right on the side, around where Lane, Lane, where you sitting, about where you sitting right there with my mom and my niece. I walked down this aisle and literally walked to this exact spot on the floor right here. So what an honor that 17 years later, I'm standing on this stage proclaiming God's, I'd have never thought 17 years ago, that I would be, a, I mean, coming down here, I was a messed up, drug head, depressed, lost, no direction. I mean, 24 years old. And I walked right down here and I asked Jesus to come into my boat. See, I had a lot of storms going on in my life. Some of them were, you know, not my fault. My dad had just committed suicide five years earlier. But some of them were. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was doing a lot of crazy things. I was, I was, you know, I was in a, a lot of, I had multiple storms going on in my life. But when I walked down this aisle, I asked Jesus to come into my boat that night. And 17 years ago now, I'm so thankful that I did. Because you know what the truth is? Yes, amen. Because here, yeah, come on. we can, let's, Thank you, Lord. Because look, this is the truth, guys. For those of y'all that maybe never has asked the Lord to come into your life. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you and say the storms have stopped. Because guess what? They haven't. There's been many, many other storms in my life. But the good news is, is that now every single one of them I've gone through, Jesus has been right here in my boat with me. Amen?
And it's a decision that I never have and never will regret. As I woke up, what a blessing. I'm This morning, I'm sitting in my chair, reading my Bible, drinking my coffee. My wife woke up, and the first thing she did was look at me with a smile and said, Happy birthday. And as we were talking, I said, man, you know, never once, and I'm, this is all glory to God, never once have I even considered jumping out of that boat with the Lord. It's it, There's storms in life. I'm still learning, like I tell you guys, every day, I'm learning more and more that I, I need to get a, a a greater revelation of who God is. Every time I think I know who God is and how he works, I, I realize how much I don't know. <laughs> Are y'all tracking with me? The further I go, you know, Billy Graham said that at the end of his life. They said, man, what is after all these years that you've done and all this walking with the Lord, preaching the gospel, Billy Graham, one of the things he said, the older I get, the more I realize I'm a sinner. <laughs> that was his revelation at the end of his life. Great man of God, lived a life of purity and integrity. And that was his revelation. And I can, after 17 years, I, I can say that. So anyway, I just want to quickly share my, share that with y'all, my testimony. Thanks for sharing my birthday with me tonight. You didn't even know you were coming to my birthday party tonight, right? So, and, uh, but let me ask you, have you asked Jesus into your boat? Do me a favor, bow your head with me and close your eyes. You know, there's many reasons, again, for storms in our life. But I know this, and I, I've had many more come and many more will continue to come. I understand that. But when Jesus came into my boat that night, figuratively speaking, 17 years ago, today, some of the storms instantly stopped and have never come back because I didn't have identity. I was trying to find my identity as a 24-year-old young man that had just lost his dad, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, knew there was more. So once he jumped in my boat, one, the storm of feeling dirty and shameful, the storm of wondering what would happen to me after I died, those storms ceased because that night when I walked up to this to this stage, down this very aisle right here onto this very spot, and I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins, and I began to turn away from those sins, he came into my life and radically changed my life. I'm only up here tonight because of him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you, if 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 Tonight was your last night. I mean, look, we, we just prayed over four or five families that have lost loved ones. We're doing another service here tomorrow night. I mean, you know, Coach Robichaud, 57 years old, young man, you know, didn't look, I mean, he, he had been getting checkups. Everything seemed fine. Complications, heart attack, and he's with the Lord now. Man, if, if, if this was your last night, do you know for sure? Do you have a storm going on inside of you, in your mind and in your heart to say, Man, I don't know, Brandon. If this was it, I don't know where I would spend my eternity. The Bible makes it clear we're going to spend our eternity somewhere. So if you're sitting here tonight and you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with the Lord. I don't know if I've ever truly asked the Lord to forgive me. I don't know if Jesus is in my boat, so to speak, the boat of life. If that's you, you say, but man, I want to know like you. I want to get right. I want to know for sure. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, man, can you pray for me, Brandon? I want to get right with the Lord. Sir, I see your hand. Thank you for being bold, man. Anybody else? Thank you for your boldness. Ma'am, I see your hand over here. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I'm, I'm with y'all. Sir, I see your hand. Thank you. Come on, some of you may be the first time, and some of you, ma'am, I see your hand, might be like the prodigal son that I talked about. Maybe you once knew the Lord, but you're coming back tonight. You say, man, I've been away, but I want to come back. And you see the Lord's heart, right? When you raised your hand, he's running to you. Spiritually speaking, the Lord has taken off already. He's running to you to embrace you, wrap your arms around you. So those of you that raised your hand, 
I want to just pray a simple prayer with you. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And then when you walk out of here, turn away from your sin, and he'll help you to do that. And the Bible says you'll be born again. Let's pray together. We're all going to pray this together. And as you say this, it's the prayer of faith. It's not the prayer itself. It's faith. By grace, the Bible says that you're saved. So let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying me, dying for me. Thank you for making a way that I can be in a relationship with you. Lord, I receive the free gift of salvation tonight. Lord, I know that I've sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Come into my storms. Reveal yourself to me like never before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's rejoice with you. Let's give them a round. Amen. God bless y'all. Hey, God bless y'all. Those of y'all that raised your hand, there's a card in the pew right in front of it that says, I made a decision. I want to encourage you to fill that card out. On the way out, you can either come bring it to me or there's the info center in the lobby and we want to pray with you. For the rest of us, why, why don't we all stand up? I want to pray over you as we leave. Maybe you just came out of a storm. Maybe you're in the middle of a storm and, you know, we know that storms are coming. You know, so let's all pray. Let's take a minute before we leave and just pray. How many of you, if you just want to be honest, say, Brian, I'm in the middle of a storm right now. Raise your hand. Let me see you. You say, man, I'm, look at this. About a quarter of the people in here, if not a little bit more, are going through a storm. Come on, I want to pray for you. I hope tonight encouraged you and you see how important it is to be close to the Lord. So I want to pray that over you right now. And let's pray over it. Let's pray over everybody that's, that's going through a storm. I don't know what your storm is. But the Lord does. And come on, ask him to come into your boat if you hadn't already. Come on, let's pray for these. Lord, I pray that everybody with their hands up that is going through a storm right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help them. Reveal yourself to them, Lord God. Reveal yourself to them in a greater way like never before. Draw them closer to you. May, Lord, as the, the, getting in the boat is symbolic of intimacy. May they be close to you, Lord God. May you wrap your arms around them and help them. Whatever the storm is, I don't know what it is. I don't know how long it's going to last, Lord God. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help them, Lord. Come on, anybody that's around you with their hands up, uh, why don't you go and turn around and lay your hands on them. Let's come in agreement with our brothers and sisters. Let's take a minute before we leave and just pray over them and whatever storm it is they're going through. Come on, let's pray for them right now. Father, we pray for all of these with their hands up, Lord. I pray for Michael right now, and I just pray for everyone else with their hands up. Come on, look around. Don't let anybody have their hand up with somebody not praying with them. Father, I pray with my brother right now, and I pray for everybody, Lord God, that has their hand up, and I'm praying your peace, your grace, your comfort. Lord, give them the endurance, the strength, Lord God, that they need in the midst of the storm, Lord God. Lord, we don't know how long it'll last, Lord. We don't know how big it's going to get, Lord. We don't know how hell high the waves are going to be or how, how heavy the rains are going to be. But, Lord, you do. And I know in this, you'll work out this good for them and for your glory, Lord God. May they get closer to you like never before. They may never find the answer why this is happening or how long it'll be. But, Lord, just like that lady said, even if they don't get the answers, if they get closer to you, if they have an encounter, 
encounter with you, if they fall in love with you, if they experience your love and your grace like never before, Lord, we know it'll be all worth it. And they won't, it won't even matter anymore why, when, or how long it, it happened for. Lord, I pray over Michael. I pray over all of my brothers and sisters tonight. I pray your grace, peace, to be upon them. May they put their trust in you and their hope in you throughout this storm of life. For those of us that may not be in a storm, Lord, prepare us, prepare our hearts, prepare our spirits, our minds, Lord God, our bodies and our relationship for the next storm that, that, that we know will come. But Lord, you know, we know you'll always be here with us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for that. I pray you bless everyone as they go tonight. Be with them. Watch over them. Watch over their homes. We pray against the literal storm in the Gulf right now. Cause it to dissipate again. Do a miracle, Lord. We pray. Do a miracle in all their lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. Hey, have a wonderful evening. If you need specific prayer for maybe a storm, you're going through something else, let us know. We'll be up here. You can go ahead and come down and we'll pray with you. God bless you. Have a great night.